We're now less than a week away from the 2020 NFL Draft. That's something to be celebrated. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Bo Brock. And I'm here to basically just each and every podcast I host on the Podcast Network, I'm here to poke holes in each and every one of Alex Clancy, my co-host's lame duck theories, his hot takes, because they're freezing cold. And I got a couple of those today. And I, I know we usually reserve this for what Clancy got wrong Wednesdays, but we're going to have a special edition of what Clancy got wrong Friday. And I see some of you guys chirping on social media, and as you should, and we appreciate it. Always uh, getting after us on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards at Bob Rack and at Clancy's Corner. And we appreciate that. And we'll get into some of your tweets later in the episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just can't stay away from it. I, I'm sick when it comes to it. Uh, I just can't help myself, but uh, special edition, what Clancy got wrong on Friday, because I, I was listening and I was infuriated, as many of you were, listening to him as far as how the press conference that was held earlier this week with the Arizona Cardinals and general manager Steve Kime, and, and what I really deem is the most worthless press conference each and every year, it's, and it's the pre-draft press conference, because a, around the league, usually... 32 NFL general managers, and they willingly do this because you know they want to give this the idea of transparency. But we all know that in gamesmanship and strategy, that no general manager is going to be truly truthful with these pre-draft press conferences. No matter if you're drafting number one, and and all signs are pointing to you drafting a certain player, as it was at this point last year, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Are they going to? Are they going to let the, let the cat out of the bag who they're going to select? So I want to get into that conversation and how I don't care who it is. That press conference, no matter who the general manager is, so, and whether he's held in high regard or the lowest of all regards, I'm not going to put any stock into that press conference. We'll get more into that conversation. Um, also, we're going to get into the idea of Tua Tungalavea. And the hits that he continues to take, the headlines, you know, the reports of failed physicals, and now a low, he went low as far as his Wonderlick score is concerned. We'll get into the uh, the threat, really, to the Arizona Cardinals at eighth overall and what Tua, how he stands a threat to them and the chances of getting a real big impact player at eighth overall. Pretty crazy to imagine that the Arizona Cardinals a week from today will likely have their first round pick in the fold. And they'll be prepping for day two of the 2020 NFL Draft. Day two is rounds two and three. Which prospects should the Arizona Cardinals be targeting after round one? That's your Lockdown Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock. The Arizona Cardinals are set to select 72nd overall in the third round in day two of the 2020 NFL Draft. Of course, the team dealt its second-round pick, 40th overall, along with running back David Johnson to the Houston Texans in exchange for all-pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth-round selection. Arizona Cardinals, depending on what they do with their eighth overall pick or what they do in the first round, if they trade down and collect more assets, but if they go offensive line, you got to imagine that the team is going to be targeting many defensive players beyond the first round. Let's look at a couple of those scenarios, including that one. If the Arizona Cardinals do tap, whether it's at eighth overall, if they trade down in the first round, if they tab either Mekhi Becton out of Louisville, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, 
Jedrick Wills out of Alabama or Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, the team will likely be eyeing and targeting several defensive players come the later rounds of the draft. Could it be players like Alabama defenders, interior defensive lineman Raquan Davis, cornerback Trayvon Diggs, who projects as high as a first-rounder, but I've seen him slip as low as the third round. In several mock drafts, the Arizona Cardinals, they did add three players in free agency to their defense, including interior defensive lineman Jordan Phillips, but it's still a position of need for the organization, including Raquan Davis from Alabama. You've got other big schools that have big-time prospects that the Cardinals could tab in the third, fourth rounds. Khalil Davis from Nebraska, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, or Navelle Gallimore from Oklahoma. The team shouldn't shy away from adding depth at any position on the defensive side of the football, whether it's edge rushers, despite the signing of Devon Kennard, or the linebacking core, especially the defensive secondary, which surrendered the most passing yards to opposing QBs, yards to opposing QBs, along with Diggs, who's the brother of wide receiver for the now Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs, another SEC defensive secondary prospect, could be around in the second and third round. And Grant Delpit from LSU, his leadership was on full display when the Tigers, they went on their title run. Delpit and Diggs would be nice additions to a young secondary, which at several points last season started three players in their rookie season. Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, and of course Byron Murphy, the second round pick out of Washington. If the Arizona Cardinals do select a defensive player in the first round, whether it's at eighth overall or wherever they trade down to, the team could also be looking to upgrade on the offensive line. It'd be important because the offensive line, of course, is returning basically the status quo from a group that surrendered 50 sacks total in 2019, including 48 of those were number one, Kyler Murray. Beyond the four offensive tackles that are projected to go in the first round, there's this is a very deep crop of offensive line prospects in the 2020 NFL Draft. Beyond Becton, Thomas, Wirfs, and Wills is Josh Jones of Houston, still projecting in the first round. Austin Jackson at a USC, an Arizona native. You can go deeper. Ben Barch is a converted tight end who played at a small school in St. John. Of course, Cardinals fans, Steve Keim, the general manager, loves to find those small school wonders. But it seems like you can rule out a couple positions that the team might not target in next week's draft. Quarterback, of course, they selected Kyler Murray number one overall, the future of the franchise, wide receiver with the acquisition of Hopkins, and drafting four wideouts in the past two drafts, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. But with the exit of David Johnson, the team could certainly look in the later rounds for a young running back, very deep group of running backs, D.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, Cam Akers out of Florida State, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, or the team could look to upgrade at the tight end position. Some intriguing prospects. Notre Dame's Cole Komet, Washington's Hunter Bryant, Purdue's Bryce Hopkins, all project, though, the earliest third-round talent. One prospect to look out for, especially with Kimes' affinity for small school players, Adam Trotman from Dayton, who has a basketball background. He might be intriguing with his athleticism that he could add to the tight end position. One thing's for sure is general manager Steve Kime has the ability to fill out more of the team's needs on his roster come day two and three of the NFL draft come this time next week. 
The Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is officially underway. It's continuing throughout today. Be sure to check out the Mock Draft every day this week. If you have, thank you. Locked On NFL. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow Locked On NFL on Spotify as well. Coming up next, a special edition. What Alex Clancy got wrong Friday edition, not Wednesday. We'll get into what he got wrong yesterday on yesterday's podcast. I know many of you are infuriated. Also coming up, your tweets. I'm Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow the show at Locked On AZ Cards. We'll be right back. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I was accused the other day of not watching enough Cardinals games, and that's pretty uh, – I'm befuddled by that accusation. As far as basically my assessment of the Arizona Cardinals – First round pick this offseason is, uh, you know, I, I think that the logical choice is offensive line, especially with it being a deep group. Um, we'll get into the tweets from all you listeners out there. We always love your tweets at Bob Rack, at Lockdown AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, and continuing the conversation off mic in, in the Twitter sphere. Um, and we appreciate every. Each and every one of the tweets. So we'll get into those. We'll get into the conversation that happened yesterday. Uh, but also which what happened yesterday was Alex took his turn on the mic on a Thursday edition of the podcast and said some, I mean, speaking of like, pretty befuddling things, is what Clancy, it inspired a what Clancy got wrong Friday. And, um, you know, he said that he lost trust after all the goodwill that Steve Kime has created for himself or recreated this offseason with uh, the trade for DeAndre Hopkins and the signings of three potential impact defenders on defense, he sits down in front of the media as he does each and every offseason in the worst press conference each and every year, the most meaningless press conference, the pre-draft press conference, where it's just a complete smoke and mirrors show. And he sits there and he can't give you a straight answer on anything. It's just, if if any decision maker in the NFL is sitting down in front of the local media for that respective team and is being open and transparent about which direction they're going to go in the upcoming draft, they're bad at their job. I mean, Steve Kime, you can indict the guy on for several reasons why he could be why he's bad a bad general manager, but not being transparent in that situation, I don't I'm not gonna sit there and, and start to cast my doubt on him because of that. And I cracked the coat. Listening to yesterday's edition of Locked On Cardinals with Alex Clancy, and if you can if you can bear Clancy's takes I recommend, I guess, that you listen to it. But he's got the clip, and it's Steve Kime, and he's talking to the media, and he's talking about the offensive line prospects. And, you know, he's basically, and, and I cracked it, right? Because is it, has anybody around seen here seen The Departed? If you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a top 10 movie for me. I mean, it's Scorsese, it's DiCaprio, it's got Matt Damon in it, Jack Nicholson. You also have uh, Marky Mark probably in his best movie role of all time. Uh, but I cracked the coat. In the movie, some of the mobsters are telling you how to spot a cop. How, how do you spot a cop? And basically how you spot a cop is if somebody's not paying attention to you, 
their cup. And in Steve Kime's presser yesterday, he mentions the offensive line prospects as follows. And and I'm going to paraphrase to an extent, but this is what he did. He goes, Andrew Thomas was first. Mekhi Becton was second. Tristan Wirfs was third. And he doesn't even say, I believe he, he tabs him as the guy from Alabama, Jedrick Wills. So for applying how to identify cops, undercover agents, who's in Steve Kimes bluffing here, just reverse the order. He doesn't even say Jedrick Will's name. He's bad at bluffing. It's an easy code to crack. And it's, uh, are they, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I am not going to sit here. If you think, if, you, if your takeaways from that press conference each and every year are that you didn't get enough information on the draft prospects, that's for a reason. That's for an absolute reason. If you didn't think the Arizona Cardinals at this time last year knew who they were selecting number one overall, you're kind of dense. Got to figure it out. They know what they're doing. They live this. They breathe this. And I'm also not concerned to kind of continue the conversation as far as I'm not concerned at all that the Arizona Cardinals won't renegotiate with DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, Johnson, both passed the physicals. The deal, uh, it's it's agreed upon. It's got to happen before the draft. I would imagine that Steve Kime understood that DeAndre Hopkins is going to want to uh, go back, renegotiate. The Arizona Cardinals historically have paid their stars. Nearly to a fault. Patrick Peterson, David Johnson, Tyree Matthew, Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer, they have always been compensated handsomely. There were a couple instances where the Arizona Cardinals, especially when they were uh, during their run with Bruce Arians where they won double-digit games three years in a row. They made their march to the NFC Championship game. They had to make some tough decisions. They let players like Clayus Campbell, Honey Badger, mostly after this run, and uh, Tony Jefferson walk. Free agency. They cut Honey Badger. And and Campbell and Jefferson, they just couldn't work out a deal to keep some guys who had some big-time years here uh, walk and, and Campbell's really the only one where you're sitting like, ah, oh, that one stings. That that hurts. That hurts because, but when you look at kind of the tape, Clay's Campbell ne- never reached double digit sacks with the Arizona Cardinals. There was always like Clay's Campbell would show up and he'd have multi sack games and he'd be an absolute disruptive monster. He'd even on teams he, he would he would create dis- disruption to to create uh, field goal blocks and punt blocks. Clay is an absolute physical freak, right? His size, his athleticism. You would think that he would just, he would be exactly who he was in Jacksonville the last couple of years. He wasn't necessarily that all the time. The consistency, the motor wasn't always running for Campbell, especially in Arizona. I don't know if that was just a change of scenery or if it was, hey, it all clicked when he got, when the, when the pen hit the dotted line on the check. And I'm not, that's not an indictment on Campbell. Campbell was one of the nicest guys in the NFL, in NFL history. I've had personal, you know, exchanges with Calais Campbell, and he's been, he is the perfect, classy gentleman uh, in the NFL. Role model. And then the Honey Badger, I mean, Arizona Cardinals want to rework his deal. 
It was going to be a big, it was, you know, the steal away from the Tiger King. They weren't going to be able to, uh, you know, rebound financially from this one. The Honey Badger had a lot of guaranteed money that he was going to do. Cardinals wanted to rework it. They even offered him uh, a little bit more than he, he he was able to get on the open market. He ends up signing. It was a lack of respect, I guess. He ends up signing with the Houston Texans, then gets a big money deal with the Chiefs. He's a Super Bowl champion. It worked out for the Honey Badger. Arizona Cardinals missed out on having a player like him. But previous to de- cutting him, he wasn't the same player that he was in 2015, pre-ACL tear. He played all 16 games. He played some of the most snaps in the NFL before being released by the Arizona Cardinals. And his impact wasn't nearly as close as it was in the 2015 season. He's since regained that form. That's unfortunate for the Cardinals, but they they needed to put those funds elsewhere, unfortunately. And sometimes there, though, there are going to be strikes on your record like that. Every general manager has them. But historically, the Arizona Cardinals paid their players. And I, I guarantee you that they know DeAndre Hopkins, in order to keep him a happy camper, they're going to have to renegotiate. They're going to have to make him, because guys like Hopkins, guys like Patrick Peterson, that means something to them. To be in the top three, if not at some point hold the crown for at that point the highest paid receiver in the league. It's getting pretty close, though, with Hopkins. I mean, he's going to be 28 this year. We'll see if his best year, if he got a couple more big years, I got to imagine, especially playing with a talent like Kyler Murray, he's got some big years ahead of him. But how many? How long do you want to secure this guy and let him secure the bag? It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to get into your tweets from the other day at Bob Rack, at Locked On AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner. And uh, also into the slide and potential slide of Tula Tungalavea, talented quarterback out of Alabama and how it could hurt the Arizona Cardinals at eighth overall. That's next. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment of the week. Final segment for draft week. When I talk to you guys on Monday morning, it's officially going to be draft week. And that's damn exciting, especially when we don't have live sports each and every night to, uh, you know, to, to keep us happy. Um, this draft has little extra excitement just because of the fact that we haven't been able to watch sports now for over a calendar month. Um, we do appreciate everybody hit us up on Twitter. Uh, seen a little bit more action that way. We've seen definitely numbers on our podcast rise. There's for sure excitement, more excitement surrounding this team, even more so than last year when the team selected its franchise quarterback. But, uh, Brandon Maldonado hit me up on Twitter at GrandmasterB24. I said, love the show, but you don't watch Cardinal football if you really believe the only option, and that's in all caps only, is that the Cardinals should take an offensive tackle at eight. And if you've been listening to this podcast, um, I, I don't think it's the only option. I think that as far as prospects are concerned, that there are players that are projected to go before the Cardinals are up on the clock at eight, that they need to take a serious look at Isaiah Simmons, talented, versatile linebacker out of Clemson. And then, of course, Derek Brown. I mean, that's going to be up to Steve Kime to do his due diligence to decipher between is Derek Brown going to be the better option, the interior defensive line out of Auburn, better than the offensive prospect that's available, the offensive tackle prospect that's going to be available if Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Wills 
wherever, however it may fall, that Derek Brown is going to be a better option for them and make an impact on their defense and be able to be a building block to move forward with. Um, I basically said that to Brandon, and he said, uh, I get that, but what I've heard, what I've seen, none of these guys, as far as the offensive tackles, are hyped like Quint Nelson, and it's not like going somewhere else couldn't make just as big of an impact. And look, Quint Nelson is one of the best offensive line prospects in the last decade, maybe two decades. I mean, when you look at his how he graded out, his scouting grade was significantly higher than any of the off- first-round offensive tackles guards, whoever it may be, in the last decade. The guy, the group right now, the highest graded offensive line prospect is Jedrick Wills. He's just over 6.8. Nelson was 7.4. And then you've got uh, you've got Mackay Becton, and then just before that, below that, you've got uh, Tristan Wirfs. And, and as I pointed out, look, different scouts have different takes on these guys. And you're and you're looking for fit for you. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals obviously have their left tackle position secured in DJ Humphreys, but he's not exactly reliable as far as you know. Last year he played the entire season. That's not something that we're used to from DJ Humphreys. You got to have a guy that has potential left tackle experience. Could probably take you know have the torch passed to him from DJ Humphreys after his three year deals up, or after two years they need to cut bait. Or the right tackle position, which they have a couple guys. And that's exactly what they are. They're just guys. And Marcus Gilbert, he's no longer the player he once was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He missed all of last year. And Justin Murray was a guy that they picked up off the uh, waiver wire from the Oakland Raiders at the time, the beginning of last year. And Murray played well down the stretch. But can you rely on that? I don't think so. So if you add depth if you, to a position of weakness, and we've the stats, we've told him at nauseum you know that's that's a position that you can't move forward with the status quo i appreciate my guy johnny from uh revenge of the birds the revenge of the birds pod coming to my defense telling me watch some football bo geez i don't think i've missed the cardinals game since i started covering the team close to a decade ago but look i don't i don't take anything on social media personal. I love the conversation. Continue it. I uh, also appreciate it. Uh, Jason Fountain, Fount 24 who, by the way, uh, looks like he built himself some pretty impressive uh, bag boards, some cornhole boards, Arizona Cardinals themed. But he said this, wow, how does your arms feel after reaching out for a bad opinion on today's episode to Clancy's corner. Second episode this year, I had to turn off midway because I was going to throw my phone through the window. The Steve Keim hate in you still. Uh, you know, I get it. I have to work with Clancy. I know, I know it. I know it. It's frustrating. We appreciate you guys listening, of course. To a slide, it continues, by the way, before we get out of here. Uh as far as the Wonderlick scores, they were posted. Let's look just at the quarterbacks. Alabama had a really poor showing as far as the Wonderlick. And I don't know if it, where you stand on this issue, but uh, it, it's, it's not nothing. 
There's a hist- there's a long history of guys who have performed poorly on the Wonder Lick and didn't take it seriously that did not have long careers in the NFL. But as far as your quarterbacks go, Joe Burrow, supposed to go number one, good score, 34. Justin Herbert, you know, pretty good, 25. Jordan Love, who could be the Cardinals' savior, he put a higher score than Herbert, 27. Jacob Eason from Washington, 23. Jacob Fromm, Jake Fromm from uh, Georgia, strong score, 35. Jalen Hurts, 18. Who have I not mentioned? Tua. He's even lower than that. Hurts, the former Bama quarterback, transferred to Oklahoma, had a great season last year, 18. Tua, Bama quarterback. 13 on the Wonderlick. The reports of him flunking physicals to two teams that were within the, the top 10 in the 2020 NFL draft. You got to be a little concerned. All offseason, we've been looking at these NFL draft boards and we've seen quarterback hungry teams eyeing three quarterbacks before the Cardinals pick. It's so far it's been Burrow, Tua, Herbert. This is changing, and it's changing at the wrong time as we're now a week, less than a week away. As I said, Jordan Love could be their savior. Could a guy from Utah State hurdle even Tua, not just Herbert, but Tua in this draft? It's going to be interesting. The Cardinals, you know, the good thing is it's such a position of need. And there are teams out there, I mean, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, could be the Carolina Panthers in the market for one. You got a lot of teams with some, the the New England Patriots, Jacksonville Jaguars, I know they like Gardner Minshew. I know there's some free agent possibilities still available, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, but look, there's always going to be love for the quarterback position in the draft, especially when you've got those We've seen these contracts, these rookie scale deals. If you can find a signal caller in the in the draft, you want why not keep them with that fifth year option and have affordable quarterback on your roster and build a, a team around him. That's why Jordan Love could could be big for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, if a team wants to get another a fourth quarterback in the first round, maybe even Jacob Eason, they're gonna they're gonna pay top draft dollar for it. As far as assets are concerned, but Tua, you got to be concerned. You still got to hope that three quarterbacks go for before the Cardinals pick at eight potentially. Love all the interaction on Twitter. Keep on following us, hitting us up at Bob Rack, at Locked On AZ Cards, even at Clancy's Corner. I will be back with you guys on Monday. That's right, Monday morning we kick off draft week going to wrap up this edition of Locked On Cardinals. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NFL. The Locked On NFL Mock Drafts special continues, actually wraps up today. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you guys on Monday.